This week on the Energy Pro Podcast, squeezing more energy out of solar panels, the coronavirus starts to affect the energy industry, and construction of all-electric commercial buildings is on the rise. Welcome to the Energy Pro Podcast. I'm Bill Alleman, host and producer of the show. This is the podcast that's dedicated to coaching professionals across the energy industry. I have over 30 years of leadership experience in various aspects of the energy industry, including corporate and consulting roles, leading global collaborative teams, and supporting a variety of sectors, including manufacturing, commercial buildings, heavy industry, and critical environments. As a certified energy manager, certified energy auditor, and lead accredited professional, I've learned that actively managing your career is the best way to improve performance and achieve results. I'm honored that you decided to spend a portion of your day with me, so let's get started. Hey, welcome back to the Energy Pro Podcast. This podcast is an extension of my website, Conduit Energy Excellence. That's a site I'm continuing to build with career guidance, tools, resources for professionals across the energy industry. Visit ConduitExcel.com to learn more. And visit frequently as I'm adding more content each week. And speaking of energy, let's get a short commercial break out of the way to help pay the bills and keep the lights on over here. This episode's sponsor is Amazon.com. If you need to purchase something at Amazon, and our household probably does four to five times a week, and would like to help out the show, please first go to ConduitExcel.com forward slash Amazon. That'll take you to the regular Amazon homepage to make your purchase, but with my affiliate tracking code. I get a few pennies from Amazon for the referral, but your cost does not go up. And I don't have to try to convince you to purchase a new mattress or an audiobook. I'd like to keep the show listener supported, and affiliate sales is a great way to do that. Just go to conduitexcel.com forward slash Amazon before you go to make your purchase. Again, your cost does not increase. Okay, welcome back to the show. Hey, it's been a little while. I apologize. I think I missed a week or two of weekly episodes. All is well, but I've had a very busy few weeks in, in the day job. i um, been slammed at work, getting reports out. One week I was at an energy conference here in the Midwest and in the U.S. So it was great to hear about the energy industry that was more focused on utilities and some policy items. I had a great time, learned a few new things, and saw some industry colleagues. So it was a good week. This week, I wanted to share a few news articles that I found interesting, and hopefully you will too. Some on career, some on tech. So a slightly different format this week, but let's give it a try and see how it goes. And of course, I'll put links to all these articles on the show page, and there'll be a link in the show notes to jump over to the show page. This first article comes from cleantechnica.com and talks about a recent study regarding bifacial or two-phased solar panels or photovoltaic panels. This isn't necessarily a new technology, but a different design for photovoltaic panels that allows them to harvest energy reflected off the ground or other surfaces behind or beneath them. This technology has been around for a while, but it hasn't been readily adopted, mainly because, well, the technology works, but engineers are not convinced that the increase in output is worth the added cost. But an ongoing study from the U.S. National Renewable Energy Laboratory, or NREL, is asking us to reconsider that design paradigm. And it's really focused on installations where 
surface that the photovoltaic system is sitting on has a high level of light reflectivity, also known as high albedo. If you've worked in the building trades or design a building or you've learned about roofing systems, high albedo is a highly reflective roof. So as our industry has been promoting white roofs, cool roofs, reflective roofs, whatever you'd like to call them, that's actually a high albedo roof. That's a roof that is much more reflective and reflects light energy away from the surface. And a great example is snow. If it snows in your region and you go out on a bright sunny day, you know how bright that is and you have to wear sunglasses. So snow does a great job of reflecting light. The study from NREL is a three-year venture and it's looking at the impact of ground albedo or reflectivity on the energy output of bifacial solar panels. And so far the results of the study are exceeding expectations and it's just in the first year of the study. Collecting energy from the backside of a solar panel doesn't mean you have to manufacture or design a completely new solar panel. It simply means using glass or clear plastic on the backside. Photovoltaic cells actually would collect light from both sides if there was light on both sides. Most people think the individual cells are single-sided. They only harvest energy from one side and the back is sort of a back plate or mounting membrane. And this aligns well with what I've been saying all along about renewable energy. There's been a lot of systems installed, cost has come down, all that is great, but we really need to improve the efficiency or really the efficacy of renewable energy systems. Harvesting natural resources is great, so a pet peeve of mine is installing renewable energy systems, then taking that energy and wasting it on inefficient uses downstream. But we also need to look at the efficacy of the renewable system itself. How can we get greater output? How can we make the system itself more efficient? NREL estimates that a bifacial solar panel costs about 10% more than its one-sided equivalent. So it doesn't sound like much of a gain. You're not really getting that much more, so is it really worth it? The study is saying, well, you need to look at a full balance of system costs, the economics. Yes, we're spending 10% more on the panel itself, but everything else in the system is relatively the same. As far as mounting and inverters and controls and area such as land area or roof area, square footage. So you can potentially get the same amount of output using fewer solar panels. And that cuts down on other hardware, including the inverters, racks, tracking systems, interconnects, and so on. They're obviously most effective on surfaces that have a high level of reflectivity. So if the surface is a dark colored dirt or it's grass, it won't be able to harvest as much additional energy as if it was mounted on top of a white, highly reflective surface. Again, that could be a cool roof. That could be a area that has white reflective stone. But the perfect example is again in snowy areas. A great application is in the state of Alaska that's been using solar farms to provide remote off-road villages with affordable clean power. In addition, solar panels work more efficiently in cold temperatures. And it's been shown that even traditional single-sided solar panels provide a higher output in areas that are highly reflective, such as snow-covered areas. So when you add the bifacial aspect, that could really help accelerate solar adoption in areas like Alaska. 
The next article is regarding the coronavirus and the impact it's starting to have on the energy industry. There's an upcoming energy conference called Sarah Week that was supposed to be held in Houston the first week of March. The conference has now been canceled because of the fears of the coronavirus. Many companies, especially corporations, have placed moratoriums on travel for a number of months until the incident rate of the virus begins to decline. I'm seeing this myself with some of the clients that I work with. They're starting to curtail corporate travel. I'm supposed to be at another conference at the end of April, and I don't think I'm going to be going. This isn't the first event that's been canceled over the coronavirus outbreak. Facebook recently canceled their software developer conference. The World Mobile Congress, which is the world's largest technology trade show, has been called off as companies have called in to decline attendance. Concerts across Asia have been canceled. Um, the annual Geneva International Motor Show has been canceled. So it's really affected both the business and leisure travel business and resulted in lower energy consumption. And that segues into the third article that I have. From Routers News Service, they had an article regarding Chevron and how it's starting to trim U.S. workers through buyouts. Due to a number of economic drivers, there's been a sharp drop in oil and gas prices. And there's a number of factors that have affected that. Production has been soaring, but demand has been decreasing. And now with the coronavirus outbreak, the demand is decreasing more rapidly. We've talked a number of times on this show, in fact, the last few episodes about protecting yourself from corporate layoffs or what to do if you are impacted by a layoff. So if you haven't listened to those episodes and you can see that your company is being impacted and there may be trimming of headcount and retrenchments, give the last few episodes a listen. Again, I'll put links in the, in the show notes and on the show page. Chevron will be offering severance pay and outplacement services to employees that are impacted. They employed a little over 48,000 workers globally at the end of last year, and that's down about 7,000 employees from three years ago. About 53% of their workers, or a little over 25,000, are located in the United States. And the last item that caught my eye was from greenbiz.com. This was adapted from their State of Green Business 2020 report. I'll put a link on the show page. And the article focuses on the electrification of commercial buildings. There's been a movement in some municipalities and some states to increase the rate of electrification of residential homes. That is, removing the use, eliminating the use of even natural gas, of any fossil fuel, and making all appliances and all energy uses be electrically powered. Now we're starting to see that trend move into the commercial building sector. And with 40% of emissions coming from buildings, communities and companies want to make sure that the next generation of design and constructed buildings is done properly. About 93% of commercial buildings use some sort of non-electric heating fuel, such as natural gas for space heating, water heating, or other systems. So the time is right for electrification in the commercial building sector. And there's a few key drivers or levers that are moving this forward. One is policies in some states restricting the use of natural gas in new building construction. Some states, like the state of California, no longer allow new buildings to include a design where they'll use natural gas as a fuel. Another driver is, of course, the falling cost of renewables. And also, natural gas is just starting to fall out of favor. It was once considered a cleaner bridge fuel to go from energy generated by coal-fired power stations and replacing that with full renewables. 
natural gas seemed like a, a perfect fit. But now natural gas is in the crosshairs. A good example is at Adobe. Last year, they broke ground on a new North Tower at their campus, and this building will be the first all-electric office building in Silicon Valley. There's a lot more great information in the article. I encourage you to read it, and of course, again, I'll put a link on the, on the show page. Well, that's the update for this week. I wanted to share some news and articles that I found interesting during the last two weeks, and hopefully you found them interesting as well. I encourage you to visit the show page, click on the links, and read the rest of the articles and gain some additional insight. So thanks for your time today. Please subscribe and feel free to share this podcast with others in the energy and electrical engineering industries. If you'd like to stay in touch, the best way to do that is through my show page at conduitexcel.com forward slash podcast. There you'll find a list of episodes, more information about the show, social links, and more. I'm also continuing to build out the site, and I'm building an e-commerce page that will provide links to resources that I use in my professional life and that I have found valuable. That includes books, tools, and other things that I have in my library and my toolkit, and I'm going to open that up and share that with you. So visit the site frequently, or when you're there, sign up for my newsletter, and you'll get an alert when that portion of the website goes live. Thanks again for listening. I truly appreciate your time, and I'll see you next time on the Energy Pro Podcast.